Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. It's going to be a great day in the house of God. God's going to speak to you today. Good job being at church on a Sunday. Uh, You should give yourself a little pat on the back. I'm at church today. No, really, you could have slept in. You could have stayed home. It's important to be in the house of God each and every week. What I find is that the devil tries to resist you. The more he tries to resist you, the more you need to be here because God is trying to speak something to you and he's trying to keep you from hearing it. So when you feel like it's like, I just don't know, I just want to sleep in, oh, it was a long night or anything, you never know what word you're going to hear that could transform your life. You go back from that Sunday, you're like, man, I'm so glad I went. So I feel like God's going to speak to you today. How many of you guys brought your Bibles? Open them up. We're going to moment up the Psalm. The first book of Psalm, I believe, is 142, 143. We're going to be reading out of today. Got a great word for you guys today. It's a... Uh, it's been four years since this church started. And uh, I feel like God spoke some, some words to me on, hey, where do we go? What do we do? And uh, I feel like I'm going to be sharing with you guys more of like our heart. Uh, it's more important that who you are is more important than what you do. Uh, so I'm going to be sharing with you a little bit of my heart and who God is in me. But I'm going to be reading out of Psalm chapter 143. We've got two verses for you today. Psalm 143 verse 5, it says this. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on your works and consider what your hands have done. I remember. Do you remember what God brought you from? Do you remember? David does. The next one we have is Psalm 77, verse 11. It says this. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. When was the last time you took the time to remember all that did God did through you, in you, and what he's going to do through you as well? I felt like the, the topic of today's message is important to understand in that God was saying, remember. Maybe I watched Lion King. We watched Lion King on our way back from Minnesota. Maybe that's what it was. Remember who you are. First Simba chapter five. It's going to be a great day and day in church today. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about this topic or this thought. From back, I was trying to think, did I say it from the roots? I said back to the roots. Back to the roots. It's important that we go back to the roots sometimes when we can get so caught up in what's going on around us. God is just trying to remind us to go back to who we are and who we are. Let's pray this day. God, I thank you for your word. It is true. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. God, I thank you for the word that you've given me today. I pray that I would speak it with clarity and conviction and boldness. God, that I'd speak to every single person in here through a thousand messages that you can preach through the words of my mouth. God, I pray that you'd open up our ears to hear you. Open up our eyes to see you, God. We love you and we thank you. And right now, church, just open up your hands and say these words after me. Say, Lord. Say it again. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together for the word of God today. It's going to be a good day. How many of you guys remember where you were four years ago? If you helped start this church, you'd remember. It was a crazy day. Uh, whether you were here four days ago for launch, it was fantastic. We had over 700 people 
It was a fantastic Sunday, and uh, I remember we made an audible to start a third service uh, that same day, and uh, it, I mean, only like 10 people showed up <laughs> that wasn't team. It was mainly just the team celebrating and having a whole lot of fun because we got to see what God did that day. But I remember what God did, and if you weren't a part, whether you've been in this part of this church for three years, two years, maybe a year, a few months, a few weeks, you're still part of the family, and we love having you here at My City Church. I want you to take a moment, though, and remember where you were four years ago. Where were you? Can anyone recall September 12th, 2017? Where was I? What was that? Hot mess? You know, amen. Hey, that's what it's like. You know, it's important to be able to remember where you came from. And what I find is that there's two things in life that shape us, that form us, and it's our experiences and our expectation. So you understand today that your experience shapes you, but your expectations form you. And so what we have, though, is we go through life, and we all have our experiences. We all have our first date, our first kiss, our first, our first our wedding, our, our first kid, our second kid, third kid, fourth kid. Hope you remember all your kids' births. I remember this day I was watching the football game. I remember this day when we had our second, I was watching the baseball game. Hopefully that's not your testimony. <laughs> but it's important to remember where you came from. And so experiences shape us, but expectation forms us. And the thing is, is about experiences is that experiences actually can affect our outlook on life. And so I can live my life based off of what I experience and I can think everything in life is going to be this way. If you have a bad relationship, you think, man, well, all boys are jerks. If you have a bad girlfriend, you're thinking, oh, man, all girls are just, what do they call girls? I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I only had one and I only needed one. And so... Never had a bad experience with a girl because you're the only girl I ever dated. So I just, I, I was very selective and, and, and I analyzed every single girl I saw. I said, she's the one. And then uh, it took her a year from God to hear from me. So it was good, but uh, I had a great experience, but some of us haven't had good experiences. And what we do is we base our outlook from that experience and we project it into the rest of our lives. So I want you to take a moment and reflect with me and remember what in my life do I remember that has formed or has shaped the way I look at my future? Is there a point in our lives where we can take what we've learned, what we've experienced and let God redeem it for what he has for us? It's the difference of being shaped by my experiences, but my experience doesn't form me. There's a difference between shape and form. Shape is two-dimensional. It's what you see. If I wrote it on a paper, if I wrote a circle on a paper, you would see a circle. But if I had a three-dimensional circle, it would be called a sphere. A sphere, a form has depth to it. A form has potential to it. It can roll. It can be more than just what it is. If you see the paper and you see a circle of shape, you're just, that's just what it is. That's all it's ever going to be. But if it has form to it, you realize that what I've experienced, and then you actually give it depth, a third dimensional towards what you've experienced. You give it depth, and God can redeem it and use it because it has potential. But if I just look at it for what it is, God's saying, look at it for what it is, but look how I can use that. We must always remember what God has done, otherwise we will forget who he is. We need to always keep that at the forefront of our minds. And so my question to you today is, what in your life has shaped you rather than formed you? What has shaped you? 
Because we're shaped by our experiences, but we're formed by our expectation. And I feel like God is saying to this church, to my city church, for the first week of church I see, what are you expecting in your life? What are you expecting in this church? What are you expecting in your family? What are you expecting in your marriage? What are you expecting in your work? I think God's trying to say, hey, raise your expectation. Because what we do is we just kind of float into our lives. We're thinking, well, God, whatever happens, whatever will be, will be. But God is trying to say, I want to exceed your expectation. But how can I exceed it if you never have any? So we go through life and we're just, well, I'll, I'll just see what God has for me at church today. And do you go into the house of God with expectation? Well, let's just see what's in the Bible today when I read it. Well, let's just see if God answers my prayer. God will meet your expectations if you don't have them. Well, you're not going to be let down. You can, you know, that, that, I guess that's good. I fall in that category. Well, if I, if I hope, then I can have hope deferred. So I'm just, I'm better not to have hoped at all. But God's saying, I, I want you to raise your level of expectation because if you don't have expectation, you put a limit on a limitless God. And this church will never limit God's unlimited potential for this city, for your life. And what I'm saying is the whole church coming together as one body, God wants to use each and every one of you, and he wants you to have a high expectation of what he can do in and through you here at my city church and in this city. You, you, you play a bigger part than you think you do. You can make a bigger difference than you think you can. The power of one person that says yes to God. Twelve people turn the world upside down. I mean, one fell away, but 11 turned the world upside down. What does God want to do in you and through you? They're the power of one person. And I want to take you back to a moment that I remember this story of this young man. He was 12 years old and a very talented man, grew up in church, uh, raised by a godly family, knew all the right prayers, knew everything. He was 12 years old when he was, he was ex uh, exposed to pornography by one of his friends. And he went home that night, and he didn't really know what it was going on, and, you know, he kind of put it aside, but what he did not know was what had happened was beginning to shape him. It was beginning to shape his mind. It was beginning to shape his heart, but he didn't even realize it. What in your life are you exposing yourself to or have you been exposed to that you never took captive that's beginning to shape you? He was being shaped by something, and a few years went by, 14, 15 years old, and what he was exposed to started to find deep roots within his heart within his mind, and he started to desire that more and more. And so what he did was he started to expose himself even to pornography, whether it was through, through internet, uh, magazines, you know, TV, late night TV, whatever it may be, he started looking through all these avenues. And what had become something that he was exposed to started to shape him, and it started to become a habit. Well, that habit gradually turned into an addiction, and that addiction was something that could not be could not be put down. That's what an addiction, it, it, I can't control it. And that addiction ended up giving into depression. And depression is tricky. I couldn't really explain it to you. I can't give you words to describe what depression is. But if you've ever lived through depression, if you've ever experienced it, you know what it is. There's a sense of hopelessness, a sense of despair that anything could be better than what it already is what I've experienced, nothing else will change, and I have no expectation that it can get any better. 
started to live his life by this experience. And so it started to give way to depression. And the depression was so severe that he could go into church with a smile on his face saying, this is the best day of my life. I love you, love God, love people, lead in life. Smile on his face, but brokenness in his heart. He could go and have family pictures, and he could be smiling on his face, but deep down, he felt like there's no will to live. And this depression started to give way to suicidal thoughts. And one day, this young man decided on December 27th, 2007, that he was going to write a note, and this will be the last thing people ever hear from him ever again. But it was at that moment when he was lying in his bed writing this note that he heard a still small voice, and that voice was just like this. It was the Holy Spirit that said, son, give me one more chance. Give me one more chance. And that young man, he dropped the paper and he dropped the pen, and he said, God, I'm tired of trying. I can't do this on my own. I need you. I need your help. And at that moment, that man experienced a hug unlike any other a human can give. He can't explain it, doesn't know what it was, but he felt a love of a father that a human being cannot give. It was at that moment that he realized, my expectation has changed. My heart has changed. And that, that young man is actually the story of my life. That's what I went through. That's what I lived through. At that moment, I was 17 years old, December, 7th, December 27, 2007. I was set to go to public school to play baseball. I was great at baseball, man. I could, I could run, I could throw, I could hit, all that in between. And I, I wanted to play baseball while I was homeschooled, so I graduated from homeschool early so I could go to public school to play baseball. Started going to school. You know, it was great, good experience. Saw my wife there, first day of public school. <laughs> I was like, I like this school. You know, it was the first day of my first class. I was sitting there, Miss Peter's class, I was just sitting down and she walked through the doorway and I was like, I like public school. <laughs> but uh, about eight months went by, we started our fall semester. This was the beginning of my uh, senior year. And it was only a few weeks into, into school year and I was sitting in honors physics, Mr. Marsh was talking, and uh, he broke the, the silence with, a, with a, a solemn regard to the class. He said, classroom, I wanna break some news to you this morning. Last night, there was a girl, she was two grades under me, had ended her own life. And he said it to the class, and he said, there are counselors down in the lobby. If you wanna leave, you can exit. We understand, take your time, do what you need to do. And I sat there, I didn't know her. But this person two seats next to me did, and she started to cry. And that crying gave way to wailing, and it was uncontrollable sobbing. She got up, and she walked quickly out of the room. And I saw her get up, and as I saw her walk out, I heard that still same small voice that spoke to me in my bed that one, that cold December night. And he said to me, Eli, you are surrounded by people who are still living through what I freed you from. You are still surrounded by people that are still going through what I set you free from. Well, my heart just started to feel heavy, and I was thinking, God, what can I do? Because I know what it was like to be where I was, and I know that you set me free from who I was and called me to who I can be, but I know that I'm walking by someone who I see almost every day that can be going through what I got delivered from. So that morning, I left, I left school that afternoon, and I got in my car, and I drove and I started praying, God, what do I do? How can I help? God, all I know is that you have the answer 
So I'm saying, God, just use me. Just send me. Can I tell you, God can do something powerful through an available person. God can do stuff through available people. Are you available today for God to use you? And I went back and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, I want you to go to school early tomorrow and pray. I was like, okay, because immediate obedience is important to see the promise of God come to pass. What has God asked you to do that you keep putting on the back burner saying one day maybe? Tell you what, sometimes your God calling is on the other side of your obedience. Sometimes the purposes that God has in your life are on the other side of what he asked you to do. But if you say, well, I don't really want to do that. I'm going to wait until I get something better. God says, no, I do what I've asked you to do, and I'm going to keep knocking. And we can stay here. You're going to wait on me. Well, I'll go wait on you. <laughs> Be obedient. And I said, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going, to go, I'm going to go to school. First thing in the morning, got there, 6.30. Threw in some uh, headphones with a cord on it and an MP3 player because I didn't have an iPod. And I was listening to this song by Brandon Heath. How many of my Brandon Heath fans in here? Does he even make music anymore? I don't know. But it was this song. It was Give Me Your Eyes. Give Me Your Eyes. And what happened at that moment, I was walking around praying for my school. And I, it was one of those MP3 players that you couldn't actually select the song. It was just shuffling. You know, it was just unfortunate. But fortunate, I guess, at the same time. But all these buses pulled up. If you've ever been to Papillion South, they all pull up. Five buses right in a row at the same exact time. I don't know why they pulled up at the same time. Actually, I do know God was trying to set me up because he's trying to show me something. They all pulled up at the same time. Can I tell you, sometimes in your life, it doesn't make sense to you, but it makes perfect sense to God. And you got to learn how to trust God for what you're going through, what you're experiencing. It won't always make sense to you, but God's saying, no, 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 I'm setting you up here. So he's got five buses sitting in a row, and I'm sitting there, and this song begins to play. It starts with a little violin moody song and uh it's like the, maybe that's my jam I don't know uh but these all these bus doors opened at the exact same time you would think the first bus would have opened first right no 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 they all pulled up they all stopped and they all went and they all opened up and at the same time everyone else started walking out stepping down from the bus walking towards the school and that song by Brandon Heath was 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 playing and uh, I don't know what it is about me. I'm just, every time I preach, I have to bring up a song. And uh, maybe they just call me the, the singer preacher, the, the seacher, singer, the preger, preger, pringer, pringer. That sounds better. The pringer? No, not at all. Well, the song starts playing in my eyes, and I'm looking at all these people. And the song, if you remember it or if you know it, says these words. It says, give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for humanity. And at that moment, while I was watching everyone step off the bus, time froze. And people that I walked by every day, I started to notice. I was walking by these people every day, and God started downloading stories into my mind, started saying, this person is living in depression. This person needs my hope. This person can't quit. This person is in abuse, and I have the answer inside of you to give to them. The Holy Spirit just started to speak to me. Time froze still. Oddly enough, the music video is almost the exact same thing. It blew my mind when I watched it several years later. It was him walking around an airport looking at people. It's like, that's exactly what happened to me outside my school. And God started to say to me, look at all these people that you look past every single day. My life was changed. My life was changed as a young 17-year-old boy. Can I tell you, there's importance as a church that we be a generational church. 
not just about the adults, not just about the service. Can I tell you, well, I'm too, we'll wait until the youth get old enough, then they'll get in the church. I'm gonna serve the adults at the church. Tell you what, if God's asking you to serve at the youth, be obedient. Because what you're doing is you're preparing the next generation of the church. Well, when they get into the adult church, then, then, I'll, then I'll serve them, then I'll take them under my wing, or then I'll mentor them, or then I'll help them. That's two years from now. So what you're doing is you're sabotaging the future of the church for what you want right now. But what we learn is that if we be a church that sows into generations, we'll be a church that impacts the world. If we're going to impact the generations in this city, we can't just start with the 30-year-olds, the 20-year-olds, the 50-year-olds, the 60s, 40s. We got to start with everything in between. The kids workers over there, the volunteers, they're not just watching kids. They're sowing seeds of the kingdom inside of them that will be harvested at a later time. Those that are helping out at youth, I'm pumped for this double in a day that's gonna be here September 22nd. I'm absolutely pumped because I know what happened in my life when I stepped into a service that transformed my life. Amazing things can happen when people encounter God, when someone's available for God. It started in my life when I was just a youth but what I find in our lives is that we tend to focus more on success over significance. Uh, are, you the, are we the type of people that value success or significance? What is it going to be for us? I want to always be a person that values significance over anything else. The impact that I can make in someone else's life is the most powerful thing that I can do. I exist for two reasons, to glorify God and to reach them. That's why I'm here. I could spend my whole life just being about me, but what I find is a natural tendency for us Christians is the moment we get saved, we think, God, what can you do for me? And God's saying, you know what I did for you? I gave you a testimony. I already saved you, I already redeemed you, and there's people out there that do not know me yet. You don't need to have all the right things figured out. You don't need to have all the steps figured out. Well, I got to know how to have this rebuttal to this argument. Well, how do I talk to an agnostic? How do I talk to an atheist? How do I talk to someone that walked away from Jesus? How do I, you don't need to know any of that. All you need to do is the power of your testimony, the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, the blood of the lamb that covered over your sins and what God has done in your life. You know what? I don't have all the answers, but I know what happened in my life that cold December night. God met me in my lowest place and he wants to meet you in your lowest place as well. I know what God did in me. And I'm not going to live my whole life watching someone else go through something that I've been set free from when I have the answers to life. It's Christ in you that God wants to put in others, and he wants to use you to share that. We see this in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 is just an ordinary day. An ordinary day turned into one day. One day when he was sitting outside of school watching the buses. An ordinary day. An ordinary day where my life was shaped by what I've experienced and I learned to lower my expectation of what could be in the future because I've only gone off of what I see in the past. Well, I've talked to them before and I've never seen anything change. Well, I've witnessed to them before and I've never seen anything change. Well, I've tried that before and I've never seen anything happen. God's saying, raise your expectation of what I can do in other people's lives. God's saying, raise your expectation in your prayer life. Raise your expectation in your testimony. Raise your expectation so that an ordinary day can be one day. Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says, One day Peter and John 
were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. What has God called beautiful that other people called crippled? What in other people's life do we look at and it's like, oh, they're just messed up. They just got dysfunction. That's me. I'm all dysfunctional. So if, if we're looking at people, what do we call crippled that God calls beautiful? Where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Understand this today, that they went to the temple three times a day to pray. Peter and John have been to this temple before. This man is 40 years old. He was a crippled from birth. He very well could have been outside that gate for 30 plus years. Peter and John have seen him before. Who have you walked by each and every day and did not realize what God wanted to do through you to reach them? Don't pass by an ordinary day when it can be one day a life changed for someone. He asked them for money. Peter, fresh out of Pentecost, Peter and John, fresh out of Pentecost, what, the Holy Spirit falling on their life, that's Christ in you, looked at, said, said to him, look at us. So the man gave his attention, expecting to get something from them. What was he expecting? Was he expecting money? Absolutely. He was expecting money because that's what he's experienced. He was expecting something from what he's gone through. He wasn't expecting for his life to be changed that day. He wasn't expecting for God to show up in the ordinary and make it something extraordinary. He wasn't expecting. But watch what happens in Peter in, first, in, in six, uh, Acts 3 verse 6. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand. He didn't just witness to him, say, peace out, go away from your sin. He took him by the hand. He grabbed him by the hand and he said, get up. Come on, I know you're beat down. I've been there before. But in the name of Jesus Christ, get up. Let me help you up. Come on, walk with me. Take me. I'm going to take you to church. I'm going to take you with me on my journey. Yeah, I don't have all the answers. Just walk with me. Just be with me. And you know what? We're going to walk together. And we're going to figure this out together. He helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. It may not have been the prettiest walk, but he was walking. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Amen. Further on in this story, the Bible says that he was leaning on Peter and John because he had no muscular muscles in his legs. He was tired. Can I tell you, even though people come into the house of God, they're going to be tired. And sometimes they need people to be able to lean on. Well, you got to figure it out. You got, well, you got your relationship with God. You need to, sometimes they just need someone to lean on. And we can be that church. We can be that church for those that are wounded. We can be that church for those that are broken. We can be that church for people to lean on. We exist for two reasons, to glorify him and to reach them. Don't let this day pass you by. Don't let the ordinary day pass you by. That's all, that's all it will ever be. But sometimes it takes you to notice the people around you for someone's ordinary day to become one day. One day, 
I remember one day when God turned my life around. Do you remember when God turned yours around? I don't know your story. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know where you've came from. But can I tell you, God is saying, I want to use that experience. I want to use that experience to transform someone else's life. Because you've had an expectation. You've had a trans, you, 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 your, your heart has changed. And you've let what you've gone through, and you've let me use it to reach someone else. I want to use your testimony. What has Christ done in you that you need to share with someone else? But we got to take advantage of our days because the days are few. We don't know how when one day we'll be here, the next day we're gone. We don't know what today will hold, tomorrow will hold. We don't know. Psalm 102 says this, my days are like the evening shadow. I wither away like grass. And James 4.14 says this, why do, you work, why do you even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a midst that appears for a little while and then vanishes. We're only here for so long. We can stand to your feet. We're closing. And God has put people in your life. God has changed your life. If he's spoken to you and he's redeemed you, you're here to glorify him. But don't forget about them. That's why he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. What has God done in your life that he wants you to share in someone else's life? Don't be ashamed of your testimony. That's what God did, and there's power in that. And as a church, we're gonna be focused on reaching a loss. The church I see is one that sees them. The church I see is a church that sees them and doesn't get so caught up in what we're doing and where we're going that we miss one day, one day. This is the church I see. I see a church where the loss to be found, the broken to be mended, the bound to be freed, the hurting to be comforted, the sick to be healed, the hopeless to find purpose, the lonely to belong, the families to be reunited, the fatherless to find a father, the abandoned to find a home. I don't wanna be that church that just goes around the world and complains about all the problems in the world, but doesn't ever do anything to solve them. Can I tell you that the church that I see will be the difference that we want to see in this city and around this world? We're called to be the difference. We're not called to just hide away from the world. We're not called to just bunker down, waiting, hoping, praying till Jesus comes back. We're called to go therefore and make disciples, teaching them and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we're called to do. And that is the church that I see. One that cannot help but share what God has done in them. Acts 4.18 says this. This is shortly after they're getting criticized by the Jews for healing this crime, this crippled beggar. And Peter and John, they're being interrogated. They're being asked all these questions. This is what they say. Then the Jews, then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at the name, in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help 
We cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. I know what I've seen. I know what I've heard. And what I'm asking you to do is to remember what Christ has done in you. He wants to do in them. So right now, as you're partnering with me, as that is the church that we are going to be, would you lift up your hands this morning? Lift up your hands this morning. God, I see every single hand that's up today. God, I pray over every single person that is on their heart and on their mind right now. God, I pray that you would use them to be a light into the world. God, help them to not form to the patterns of this world, but help them to be transformed. God, I pray that you would use every single person to make a difference in this city, to make a difference in our friends' lives, our marriages, our families. God, for the lost, for the broken, for the hurting, give us your eyes to see. God, may we not get lost in what we're doing day in and day out. God, but here we are, ordinary people, God, who are available for you to do the extraordinary through. Use us, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.